This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track right to the wall. And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Yes, it is another edition of A's Cast Live as we're getting you ready for the Athletics and the Houston Astros on an absolute beautiful day here right before we get into June. And, you know, there are times in life where you just sit back and you go, man, I'm blessed. And it's a day like this where we're doing the show from the field getting you ready for a Major League Baseball game where everything just seems to be perfect. The grass is perfect. It's BP going on. You can see what I'm talking about if you're watching right now on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter, you can just see it's spectacular. And we got great guests today. The Blummer, Jeff Blum, is going to be here at 415, the World Series hero, uh, Cal Bear great. Now, TV extraordinaire for the Houston Astros will be here at 4.15. Jed Lowry, one of my all-time favorites with the A's because he's been with the A's, I don't know, what is it now, like 12 different times in his career he's been with the A's. And, well, you know, get in a lot to, you know, just not his game, but where he is in his career helping people get better as this team obviously needs a lot of help having the lowest batting average in all baseball at 213. And just, you know, clubhouse guy. What he's doing as a mentor. Jed Lauer will be here at 430, or we should say, after BP. And then Dallas Braden will be here at 445. And a lot to get into with Dallas pitching-wise and talking baseball here on A's Cast Live. Commander, Memorial Day, we missed you. Obviously, you were busy, and I am wearing, as you can see today, the Stockton Port shirt that the great Alex Jensen, who does play-by-play for the Oakland Athletics and the Stockton Ports, brought me. I didn't wear the hat, but I'm repping Ports today on the show. That's where I was yesterday. I went and watched uh, Stockton take on the San Jose Giants in San Jose, played host to the future Mrs. Alex Jensen, the great Sammy O'Brien, who we will see her father on Friday when the Red Sox come to town. Yes. So I was hosting, hanging out with her and, and my wife, and we watched that game. Uh, Ports got blown out. I think it was 
ten two is the final. It's Memorial Day. It doesn't matter. It's a holiday. It's minor league baseball. Is there anything better than minor league baseball and the holidays yeah. and all the promotions and everything that they do? And then right after that, Alex wanted to drop off your ports gear, so we stopped at your house on a detour back to my apartment. Yes, that is correct. And coming up on the A's Cast Live set very aggressively, Jessica Kleinschmidt, take it. I, I, I have a feeling you have something to tell us of importance. Everything I say is of importance. I know, but the way you're normally you glide. This Am I a glider? You're a glider. This is not. You weren't gliding here. You were. You were stomping over here like someone. I've got news. I, I did I have some attitude with that? Is that what it was? No, you had that like a, like that news person who's coming into the room and we're breaking something. I, don't I would. Gonna... Do I need to do my ABC? Breaking news sounder. Is it big? Please, yes. Cody? Wow, that's... Live from New York, it's time for an ABC Sports Desk Moment. I'm Chris Townsend. I'm a little nervous now. That's See, a, I could have been a news some, guy. You really could have. Like that was put very, me in a tie. Put me in the behind the desk. It was very Anchorman serious. style. Which Joe I, Biden today met with the feds. I could have done a whole. Thing. You, I feel like I'm there. Um, do you have some small news? It's big. It's big news for me just because he's a personal favorite of mine. Uh, one Mr. Brent Honeywell Jr. said he plans to throw tomorrow for the first time since he was shut down in spring with a stress reaction. Yeah. We would make sure it's a stress reaction. A lot of people were twisting it and saying it was a stress fracture. But it de- definitely is indeed a stress stress reaction. Okay, when I was in medical, in the bone of his elbow. When I was in medical school, we didn't go over this stress reaction versus a stress fracture. Stress fracture. Yeah, fracture. Think of the word fracture. There's a lot more involved. That's a break. That's a break. What's a reaction? Reaction the, to me is like I I got food poisoning. Um, I don't know the details of that. That's probably a Nick. Paparesta question, but he did tell me um, not too long ago that his velocity's you know getting where it needs to be, um, and he think he thinks he's he thinks he can get back to where it used to be, but that's ultimately what it was. So he wants to make sure that everybody knows the difference between a reaction and a fracture. All right, and, and it's that. Well, it's good because you know we forget about him, and you know you think about bringing him. I over. never forget about Brent. Honeywell. You didn't. I think the rest of us, you know, when you're when you're not here. You kind of forget about some of these guys, and God knows they need pitching. Yeah. And at what point he was looked at as a top young arm. I mean, if you can get a guy back healthy and at some point this season to pitch for the A's, I mean, what a victory that would be for him personally, for his career. Well, personally, But also what yeah. means for the A's, get him some innings and then say, okay, you get a chance to try and win a job in spring training. Yeah, and I think about the storyline itself is, is dope, and you think about how – you mentioned how far along he's come. He was a very highly touted prospect from the beginning, and he just kept getting injured and injured. But we look at the A.J. Pucks of the world, same thing similar happened to him, and he look what he's doing now. Uh, I don't want to compare Puck and Honeywell in this scenario as far as, you know, a closer or a reliever goes as opposed to what that's going on. But you're right, you can give this – this pitching staff the boost it desperately needs and just for his personal psych and when the trade even occurred or when they picked him up um i thought it was great i think he's, he loves the guys he even told me he's probably the best team he's ever been a part of as what? far as the chemistry goes so and he says there's a lot of similarities between here and the rays of course and that's yeah. you know the, the the clubhouse vibe is good they're all bros but then also he knows we're all, the a's and the rays are always getting compared more like monetarily values and all and all that stuff so 
yeah, I mean, I'm really, I really hope it works out for him, but he's always in good spirits, which is, I feel, a big, big part of it, but that's some good news there. Sweet. Yeah, I was actually just trying to video bomb, but now I'm now I'm here, but I, you know, appreciate your guys' time. Well, you got in. You I got did. in the program. It's a big deal for me. I'm a big fan of you guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Did you just cut me off? My wow. bad. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> wow. I was wait- I'm glad you brought up the first-time, long-time. I like to pretend I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. listener. Yeah. What if, what if or a first-time listener, long-time, long-time caller. caller. That's one that I like. <laughs> always first a pleasure. First-time listener, long-time caller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you're always complaining about something without actually officially listening. taking in the product. I can't tell you how many times in my career you'd get that, oh, I've been listening for years the first time I called. Well, we could have used your call probably about <laughs> a couple hundred times over all these years. And I love your, your Ports shirt. That's I'm fantastic. repping today. This I love is what, it. This is what, you know, I don't think we give enough love to our, so our minor league team. So I've done the lug nuts. Mm-hmm. Now I'm the Ports. Yes. Midland, you're on board. Midland's Vegas, next. where's my aviator gear? Aviator, aviators have some good swag, I will say that. We, we better hit up Fran. Fran will get it for us. It, if you send me the stuff, I'll re- I'll rep it here at the big league level. I want a Grant Holmes jersey, personally. I just want to – can you give me a wig with his hair? A wig? I mean, I can't create miracles. You need – as long as your ponytail's not showing, yeah. though, you're good. <laughs> so as long as – it's so bad. He showed up to my house yesterday, and everybody was in his Euro trash man bun. It's so bad. Whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, everybody was like, yeah, that's not a good look. It's when not. you have When you have – Multiple women. Yeah. No, Samuel, the, late, the future Mrs. Jensen does like it. No, she does not. No, she doesn't. She she does she's not. just being nice. So you had a one of my dear friends, Felicia. She's like 52. My wife under 50. And then two beautiful. A lot young. of years under 50, I might add. So we're talking, we're talking 50s to 30s. Bunch of women looking at it going, no, doesn't play. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, I think, what does your wife think about it? Is she... Oh, she doesn't like it, but that's why, oh, I do, that's why I do it. That's all that matters. Is that what marriage is? You just do stuff y'all don't like? Pretty much, Talk yeah. Talk me out of it. Thank you. 21 years. A lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks guys. By the way, uh, speaking of today's action, I think I figured out a way to defeat the Houston Astros. It's simple. I think I know where you're going with this, but I love it anyway. Okay. Do you, do you think I'm overstating this? No, because it's fact. By the it, way, you're not in the shot. you got to get over it. I'm, I'm in here now. Okay. Uh, Jeff Blum's going to join. I, I saw Blummer. I did, too. He, sit, he was sitting in the booth. He's over, What time? He's coming off 4.15, yeah, right? Okay, so he's got time. He'll be Th- here somewhere. This is how you beat the Astros. You give up one, runner, one home run or less. You give up one home run or less, you've got a legit chance to beat the Houston Astros. Do you know why? Uh, again, I'll, I'll play into the bit, but I know why. But um, you're supposed to say no. No, I don't know. Because the Astros are 16 and 0 when they hit multiple home runs. Two or more home runs, they're undefeated. Now, the whole it's early crowd. You've been th- you've been kicked to the curb. Okay, anybody who loves using it's early. You, you, you now are officially done for the 2022 season. We'll see you. In Mesa, Arizona, next spring training. Yeah, can, can I can I say that to the to the? You love to play that's early. No panic here. We got a long way to go. You now are officially done. We'll see in spring training. Yeah, we're already a quarter away through the season. Yeah, people are now start. Joe Girardi. I just got a thing from uh, was it Ken Rosenthal? I think just yeah, wrote something. Yeah, he did. Uh, it just popped up on my phone. Oh my God, Joe Girardi. Oh, so defensive bullpen still a problem in Philadelphia. Hold on. 
I thought it was Gabe Kapler's fault why they couldn't win. You replace Kapler and they're going to win. What what have they done? Well, they've they, and they've replaced everybody in the bullpen and yeah. it, and, and it they hasn't still helped. can't win. Yeah, so the uh, the it's early crowd, especially around here. The A's right now hitting an MLB worst two thirteen. Never in my many years of being a fan of MLB Now, my favorite show on television. Brian Kenny, shout him out. Uh, friend of the program. Joel Sherman, not a friend. Jason Stark was on today. He's a yeah, friend of the friend program. Of the program. G- gave me one of the great Italian restaurant recommendations I've ever gotten in my life. Ralph's in the old part of Philadelphia. Phenomenal. Knocked out of the park. Which happened. Which also happened to be the same place Mark Kotze took his staff for dinner before the season started when the A's opened up in Philadelphia. I took my family there at the start when we did our East Coast trip. Jason Stark gave me the recommendation. Uh, so you're getting it here on A's Cast Live. Ralph's. It's in the old part of Philadelphia. It's old school like that. The streets are so tiny, right? And it was a mafia hangout place. Now, it's not like the New York mafia where you say, John Gotti hung out here or Paul Castellano. No, not. It's You don't know the Philadelphia mob the way you knew the New York mob, right? They didn't make money. They didn't make, you know, documentaries really that much on the Philadelphia guys. But I on their website, they talk about it. When you go in there to this restaurant, you actually feel like someone might get whacked here. It's got that old school mafia feel. Like you, you, you can see why the mafia guys hung out there back in the day, and I really thought someone could get whacked while we were there. It was that like realistic. I'll take your word for it. I won't be going back to Phil anytime soon. Um, oh, that's right, Eastern Pennsylvania. This is Pittsburgh. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, Western PA. Western represent. PA. They don't like the eastern part of the state. <laughs> it's like east because really the western part of the state is really like more, um, as we would say, the the central part of the country. The Midwest. You're more Midwest than you are East Coast when you're on the western part of Pennsylvania than the eastern part? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh's close to the Ohio border. Like We're about two hours from Cleveland. So, major issue. So, by the way, getting back to the A's. A's are hitting 213, MLB worst. They've lost 17 of 21 home games. They've been outscored at home 18 to 56. And now joining us – just over here, we're now we're now a TV show. What? Yes, ladies and gentlemen. I would have gotten dressed up if you said that. The great Cal Bear. <laughs> Let me mess with my mic and really screw. We're we're doing <laughs> we're doing fantastic. The Cal Bear, the World Series hero, Tighten and now the star of Astros Television. Blummer, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Tony? It has been so long. I want to hug you. I know it would be weird on our show, but it's been so long since we've seen you. It has been a while. It has been too long. You've been busy, man. Yeah. We yeah. Ke- we keep going. COVID, we keep going. Everything, lockout, we oh, keep I'm going. Oh, I'm talking about getting older and going to Augusta. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was. I've only been maybe three or four times, and I was jealous that you went this year. It was, um, It's it, the best way to put it. Was it everything you thought it would be? It's like Walt Disney came in and, and <laughs> built a golf course, and everything's perfect. Because I'm looking around, like, all the pine straw is perfect. And we're looking around going, there's no pine trees. Where are they getting all this pine? Like, everything's everything. Everything's imported. Even the azaleas in the back, they're bringing those things in fresh as can be, plant them that day, and let's go. And there's not one that's not bloomed and perfect. Exactly. How about the fact that now being on this side and understanding what it takes to put a production on, granted it's not as efficient as this, but that thing, did you notice any wires? 
No. Not one wire. They buried everything at that place. They dug that entire thing up, piped it, lined it with wires, so now that you cannot see a wire. All you see is just absolute pristine grass and pine straw. It's unbelievable. We're there for the practice round on Wednesday, and you know you're in the you're in the southeast, so you're going to have lightning, and all of a sudden. There's lightning in the distance. You don't see any any speakers. But all of a sudden it's, dear patrons, you need to leave. Dear patrons, you need to leave. Lightning is on its way. Please. And, like, you're like, where are these speakers? Like, and it's the a voice whole of God. Sound, it's a whole sound. <laughs> coolest thing. They have multiple places at Augusta that are, like, little shopping stores. Yep. Yep. And you're able to go in, and I spent a grip of cash. Like, you, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, I'll take one of that, one of that. You one. have to. And then you walk out, and then you get in line, and you take it up and give it to them, and they go, it'll arrive at your house on Tuesday. Is this not the, the greatest system ever? I could, I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me you're going to take this and ship it to my house? Yeah. You don't have to haul it around the course. We're going to ship it to your house, and you go have a good time. I started getting worried. And you forget about all the money you spent, too. Uh, I was I was starting <laughs> to get worried going, how am I going to carry When we were checking out, I'm uh-huh. like, how am I going to carry all these? Yeah. And then when you walk outside, you go, here, and then we, f- we fly back Tuesday. Yep. It arrived at my house. It's fantastic. How about the fact that you can go in there? Granted, you paid a boatload to get that ticket to get on the yes. course. And then for 20 bucks, you got a couple of sandwiches and like three beers, and you're ready to go. Beers are three fifty. Yeah, that's what I love about that place. They're holding on tight to that like 1950s like price tag on that thing. I've been I've done Super Bowl, NBA <laughs> Finals, World Series, U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, I Presidents Cup. I've done so. By far the best sporting event I've ever been to. By far. Yeah, and you know what's crazy? It's it's so good that my wife, who hates golf, period, loves going to the Masters because she just loves the way the event is put on. It's cl- it's clean. It's beautiful. The drinks are good. The cost is right at the, at the concession stand. You get to walk wherever you go. She goes, I don't have to sit in that seat the entire time. I'm like, no, no babe. And let's leave go for it a there. walk. Yeah. And leave it there. I go, set the thing down, and we'll go for a walk. We'll come back in a couple hours and grab that seat. Yeah, everybody's like, every, how happy is everybody there? Everybody's just elated to be on the course and be experiencing what's happening there. That's the other beautiful thing about it. But how about the hills? Yeah, yeah. There, a, there's a couple where you, I mean, you feel like you're trudging up a hill big time. You know, you watch it your entire life, and then you get there, and then you say, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah. You start getting it. Like <laughs> I, I followed Rory in a practice round and watching like on, on number five green and how crazy. I, I get it now. Yeah. Like you get it. You've seen totally, it on TV. Dude. Now you realize, oh, they three putt in our mad. I could four five putt these. Greens. Oh, easily. Yeah. It'd I would be crazy. You put to that play. ball in the green and tell me to go for par. And that would be tough. You know, I recently texted you about this Astros team going, yeah. you know what? Way to bring it back, dude. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I need to use it. I need I, I need to use this for pregame, too. I know. I got you. I'm uh, with you. I'm just giving you a hard time, man, because it's been so long. You know, so you look at the Astros, yep. top to bottom, pitching. Right now, the Astros' best ERA, starters, oh, relievers, man. in the month of May. Dude. You hit bombs. And you don't need to hit bombs to score runs. Yeah. When you look at this as a complete team, just talk about how they can beat you really in every way. 
Well, that's what the, the craziest thing about it, and and looking at the main numbers for the Houston Astros, I believe they, like you just said, best starters, best relievers, and I think the relievers are throwing, you know, maybe two innings a game. So the starters are going six, seven innings. It's insane what these guys have been able to do, and they've done it with, they did it with a six-man rotation when they brought uh, Christian Javier out of the bullpen, inserted him into the rotation. He didn't flinch, went five innings, I think, the first start, and then you lose a guy like Jake Odorizzi, who was on a tear for about four or five starts, and you lose him to that uh, ankle injury, and you're going, how? We gonna, how are we going to fix this? Who are we going to put in the middle of this? And you didn't have to put anybody in there. You called up a guy like Seth Martinez, who now is on a nine-inning nine scoreless streak, I think, and he's covering three, four innings for the Astros when you do get that occasional short start. So it all starts with pitching. They've been unbelievable, but that's what allows you to get the, the one run, the two-run, three-run home run, and all of a sudden sit back because these guys aren't – as well as they're playing, their offense hasn't been up to par with the pitching. And that's probably the most scary thing about it is they've been relying a lot on the home run. But if they score four runs, I think they're undefeated on the season. So all they have to do is get to that four-run plateau with a, with a pitching uh, staff that's like at a 2-5. And then all of a sudden it lights out. It's been incredible. Wow. That's, that, that's saying a lot. And, you know, the big question that a lot of people are going to have is you got star power – obviously, with, with the Angels, and they're fun to watch. Oh, man, they're going to score some runs. But, you know, how are they going to get 27 outs night in and night yeah. out? And that, to me, with Seattle being a big disappointment, but uh, you know what? They kind of they were out over their skis last year with the run. You could say When you look at the numbers, yes, I, I'm with you on that. Fun differential versus run, yeah. run differential, yeah. whatever. I mean, but, I mean, obviously, with what – you look at it's to me probably going to be a two horse race. It's can they pitch to hang on with the against the Astros? Yeah, watching Iglesias stumble over the last couple of outings, I think, is kind of concerning. If I'm an Angels fan, because he was the one guy I was like, dude, if they sign him back, they're going to be formidable because they have somebody that can shut those games down. They haven't really had that bullpen in the last three or four years to compensate when the team goes out there and actually has a lead late in the game. But you know, signing Syndergaard and bringing back some of these guys, you know, health is another thing. Whether or not they can actually hold down an offense is one thing, but can they be healthy enough to give you 30 starts for Joe Madden to be able to go out there and allow those guys to go out there and score? But they're going to have to score eight, nine runs a game to try and beat people, and how long can you sustain that? I don't know. They're going to be in New York for the first time taking on the Yankees. And That's that, going to be highly entertaining. Yeah. Just is Shohei throwing guys. out there? He's, he's, I don't, I mean, he's not going today. I think he's one of the starts. But Trout is dominated yeah. when he's been, you know, kind of going back home for him, a Philly kid. Um, I, I just think it's going to be – I think it's going to be – I think this this division, I wish what is going to be more exciting. I know for you mm-hmm. – Coming back here, you, I mean, I know you've all secretly pulled for the A's, being a Cal Bear. I've I know always for, been a NorCal guy. There's, you, the, whenever you pull up the standings or pull up the computer, and you're always, you're always kind of like taking a peek out of the, you know, the corner of your eye, going, "Where are these guys at?" Even the Giants, you know, there's, all, there's an affinity here that I can't deny. Well, let's end on this. It always means you haven't been able to come here for a while. What does, no. it, what does it mean for you, a guy who's had such – I mean, it's your college. It's, it's an area that means so much to you in your life. No, it's family. That's what it is. You know, it's. It, when I've come up here in the past, and granted, the last two years we haven't been able to get out here, usually I will go out and have breakfast with Bob Milano. I know that his yeah. health is a little bit of an issue right now, so we're kind of pulling back on that. But that's where I grew up. That's where I became a man. That's where, you know, when I had you know, when I had time and money to come over and have a good time, I came over to San Francisco and kind of, you know, just kind of rummaged through some of these local dive bars and had a good time. And, of course, I spent plenty of time in Berkeley. I learned how to play the game. I learned how to be a student athlete. Uh, I under Bob Milano, I think I grew up a lot, so I owe this, you know, this community a lot uh, for me personally, 
And every time I come back, I always look across the bay. I can't help myself because we'll stay in San Francisco and you're coming across the Bay Bridge. I'll just be blindly staring out the window at the Campanile across the way, just going, man, remember the good old days and trying to remember, you know, some of the times that we had out there at Evans Diamond. But uh, there's still a pretty healthy uh, email chain with all those guys from the 92 World Series team that I was on. And when I go through certain cities, I'll get a random text or a random email and, hey, Bloom, are you in town? You know, so we still keep in touch and obviously – I wouldn't have the job I have right now sitting and, and talking <laughs> talking baseball if I wasn't able to complete a sentence. So, you know, the, the, the benefit of going to Cal, not just playing in the pack, was actually getting a <laughs> damn good education and being able to convince people that I, I can carry a sentence, uh, you know, impromptu and, and, and watch the game and uh, criticize uh, appropriately. Great Cal Bear, <laughs> World Series hero, and now outstanding on Astros television. He's been one of our favorites. He's been uh, truly uh, so kind to us ever since we oh. started Ace Cast Live. Yeah, you, and you've coming back a, here and talking with you guys is always great too, man. You, you've meant a lot. Seriously, you've meant a lot to this. Yeah. You, you've always been there for us, and I've always appreciated Always that. will, man. Appreciate good, it. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. Good seeing you, Tony. We got Jed Lowry coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, how about that? Back-to-back, huge A's Cast Live guest. You think about what Blummer has meant to us. We got Jed here, what you've meant to us for, for so many years here with the A's and always so kind with your time. And, and now we're doing this. People can watch this live on YouTube and Twitter and get oh. to kind of see the background and CBP. Perfect. It's a game changer and always great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. I got to think today was kind of a special day for you because it looks like you had your kids out there with you. <laughs> I did. I, I brought uh, I brought Miles out for the first time and then, uh, and then my daughter and wife showed up uh, a few minutes later. So Sage got to come down as well. So what is that like as your kids get older? Because when they were young, I remember they were really young, and you're, they don't know. Yeah, right. But now they know. What What, what is that like as a father? Uh, I, I mean, that's uh, that, that type of experience, right, getting, getting the opportunity to share that type of experience with them is – uh, you know, it's not something I got to experience. Uh, that means all, uh, you know, everything to me, like having, having them on the field with me and being a part of my day and seeing what it takes to kind of go through it. It's got to be a whole different perspective for you mm. to now, you know, being going from you have the kids, you got babies, you're trying to play through it, not easy, yeah. to now that they're older and they're self-sufficient and everything. Sure. I mean, what is that like? 
as you get older in the game and your family gets older with you, what is that like? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it's these types of moments, right, where you get the opportunity to, um, you know, have shared experiences. And uh, it, it makes it uh, all the more special. Yeah. When you look at this team right now, hmm. what needs to happen to get things going for you guys at home? Well, I, I mean – just uh, I think cashing in on opportunities um, first and foremost uh, and just you know finding ways to continue to get guys on base and, and getting those big hits and um, you know I think uh, you know we kind of we're, we're gonna have to uh, find ways to, to score runs here um, you know the, the power numbers haven't been as, as good at home um, and you know it's a little different you never really know with the Coliseum some nights the ball's just not going to travel um, and so you got to find ways to string hits together and get those big hits, because um, you know, it, it, you know, sometimes the Coliseum doesn't play the same as as uh, other other parks when we go on the road. You know, the one thing about your game that we've always loved is that you're the extra base hit machine. I mean, we know the doubles and what you've done in your career here with the A's. I've always loved your brand. I kind of like the brand we got going now. Now, not everybody hits home runs, mm. and now. It's about scoring runs, maybe traditionally the old school way. Let's let's have some stolen bases. Let's hit behind the runners. Yeah. Let's take bags. I mean, this plays into your game. Have you enjoyed less of the everything's launch angle and everybody's trying to hit home runs and more trying to maybe a little bit more old school? Yeah, I, I mean, me personally, it hasn't really changed the way I approach the game. You know, I, I think I, I've never I've never gone up there trying to hit home runs. I've tried to drive the baseball, and when you get a good pitch to drive, um, you know, the ball is going to go out. And and you know, this year the ball has performed a little differently than what we've seen in the last few years. Um, but once again, that that's not really changing the way that I approach the game because um, you know I'm looking for a pitch that uh, that I can handle and, and drive. And that doesn't necessarily when I say drive, that doesn't necessarily mean in the air. It just means like hit the ball hard somewhere yeah i think about the walk-off hit against the rangers right. you know i mean that's just i mean you're you're what they give you is what you're gonna take Precisely. and you hit it hard no matter what but the joy that you guys still have that's one thing i think mark Kotze has really installed is there's right. gonna be fight every game no matter what that forget about the records forget yep. about the numbers sure fight every game and that you guys still got to enjoy yourselves and i think we saw that with it was an ugly game that you guys won right yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's that's all part of the process, right? And so, you know, if you can't find ways to enjoy the the good minute, the, the good moments in this game, um, you know, it's it's a it's a hard game, and and you know, you're not always going to be a part of a winning team. And so, when you have those when you have those moments, um, you always have to enjoy them. So we've talked a lot. I know we talked about this in spring training. You know, you played with Mark Kotze. Yeah. Uh, and, and now him as a manager, as a new manager, what is that like for you seeing the guy you played with and now seeing a guy who's maturing in his own as a skipper? Yeah. No, I mean, I think personality-wise, energy-wise, he's, he's the same guy. He's, he's a high-energy guy, emotional guy that, you know, he's invested. Like, he wants to see everybody do well, and um, he expects a lot of, out of everybody, and he expects us to fight just like you were saying until the very end. And, that, you know, anytime, uh, anytime he has a message for us, it, it seems like he always, always emphasizes that, right, that, you know, we're, gonna, you know, we're not going to give anything away, and, uh, you know, we're going to fight to the end. And I think that's the type of brand that, um, you know, the A's have been known for for a very long time, and I think he continues in that tradition. You played with some great players when you were young, mm. and I'm sure they said things to you that to this day you remember. Now you're an older player. Yeah. 
Do you ever find yourself saying some of the things that those guys said to you you're now saying to younger players? Yeah, I mean, there, there's, uh, you know, there's moments where, you know, something needs to be said, just, you know, even even just a clap of the hands in the dugout, right? Like, hey, let's just, you know, continue to grind this out, right? Get Don't give anything away. You know, just just little things that, you know, it's easy to get discouraged um, that, you know, something something little, uh, you know, just a little earbug, right, that, um, you know, hopefully can flip somebody's uh, mindset. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, I learned a lot just by watching the way that the, a lot of the guys that I came up with went about, went about their business. And um, there's a lot to be said in this game about, you know, watching and learning um, how to go about your business on a daily basis. That's so interesting because we always think about, you know, what people say to other people, how you teach people when maybe one of the greatest tools is just to not say anything and use your eyes and mm-hmm. use your ears, not your mouth, and to see. So, and I think Marcus Simeon was a great example as Marcus was a guy that if you were a younger player, Marcus didn't say much, but, mm-hmm. man, did anybody work harder? And I right. think about you and the craft of what you have to do every single day. Mm-hmm. As a switch hitter, you got to work on your right and left swing as much as someone works on one so just talk about that how important it is really to use your eyes more than your mouth yeah no i i think that's uh um there's really nothing else to be said right i think especially as a young player we're trying to figure out who you are in the game um you know you 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 see the the veteran guys and how they go about their business and what it takes to put yourself in a position to perform every day to give the team the opportunity to win um, and, and so I think that's, um, you know, that, that doesn't mean that, you know, young players have to come up and, you know, zip their lip, right? Like we want, we want guys to come up and be themselves, um, show their personality, but at the same time, you know, learn, learn how to go about your business um, at the major league level to help the, uh, you know, help the team win. All sports, doesn't matter we're talking NFL, NBA, hockey, whatever, all sports change as they go on, especially when you play a long time, everything changed. What do you still love about the game? Uh, I mean, uh, there's not a lot I don't like about the game. Um, I I would say first and foremost, uh, what I love is the opportunity to face the best in the world every single day. uh, and, you know, to my knowledge, there, there's not another, you know, career where every single day for eight months out of the year, you get to face the best in the world. And that type of, um, you know, cauldron just, uh, it, it really sharpens your blade, right? Like you, you have the opportunity to make adjustments and to see the best in the world and, and to test your mindset, your physicality, everything about it. And uh, on a daily basis, there's no other sport like it. There's no other job like it. Well, that's what we've always loved about having you on is you're just going to sit there and feed us cliches. Yeah. You say something. That's yeah. why I wonder if you didn't do baseball, what do you think you would have done? Uh, I have no idea. Um, I, I mean, I was, I've always been interested in, you know, in, in business in general. Um, but you know, I, I really, I really don't know. I, growing up, I, I mean, I was a, I, I was a big, uh, I was either outside playing or I was inside playing computer games or, or video games. Um, so yeah, I, I, truth be told, I, I don't know. I obviously, you know, I, I went to, went to school, got my degree. Um, so you know, baseball was Stanford's always Stanford's kind of a decent degree. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I, you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully, uh, it's not a, just a piece of paper on the wall. Um, 
but no, it, it, that's, uh, you know, I always, uh, I, I didn't put all of my eggs in one basket, you know, and in terms of baseball, I always wanted to be well-rounded, um, but it, it's, you know, I, I'm obsessed with baseball, and so it's always been my passion. Do you see Jed 2.0 somewhere, front office, coaching, got ownership, yeah. I mean, where do you see once you say, okay, I'm done playing, right. I, I'm going somewhere? I mean, you, you don't seem like a guy to me that's just going to play golf every day and hang out. <laughs> um, you know, no, I, I, I'm definitely not. I, I will definitely be playing some golf, um, but it, it won't be uh, – you know, it, it won't be on a on a daily basis, I don't think. Um, and, and what that is, I, I, I don't I don't know what that role is in the game. Uh, it'll definitely be something. Um, you know, I just I feel like the um, the experience and knowledge that I've gained throughout the years, and um, you know, my like I said, my passion, uh, my obsession with the game, uh, I, I feel like uh, will will lead me you know down the path that that was right for me. And I just don't know what that is quite yet. I know you got to go, so let's end on this. Yeah. I think there's going to be, and, and, and you kind of fit right in that era perfectly, of a marriage and a blend. You know, not too much old school, mm. not too much new school. Kind yeah. of kind of be able to be both, be able to teach both, yeah. understand both. I think a guy that's played in the timeline of baseball when you played, understand that. Am I overstating that, or do you think a guy like yourself could long-term really help a lot of people because you could marry both together? Yeah. No, I, I, I think I, I think I am uniquely situated in that, uh, in that regard that I've, you know, I've seen, um, I've seen both worlds and, um, you know, it's, uh, the game is in a, the game's in a place, uh, where, you know, from a, um, you know, entertainment, um, standpoint and, you know, the, the way that the game, the product is, um, delivered on the field. Um, you know, there, there's some, there's some things that, um, I know the commissioner is working hard to, uh, you know, try to try to, I don't know if modernize is the right word, but I, I, I like to think of baseball as a, as a romantic game. Right. And so I think, you know, part of that romance of the game is building some anticipation, and so I think um, you know the opportunity to build that anticipation in the game um, is a little lackluster right now. I, I think you know home runs are fun, strikeouts are fun, um, but it's kind of like a sugar rush. You know, it happens and then it's over. Um, there, there's no real anticipation. You know, yeah. like there's there's not a lot of movement. There's not a lot of coordination that's happening on the field. There's no plays on. Um, so I, I think you know building that anticipation kind of brings the the romance back to the game. And let me tell you about the evolution of Jed and our media here with the A's. The first time he ever came to the A's, we had Jed outside the stadium. We taped the interview in an old Raiders. It was like a metal ticket (laughs) box. It was like 8,000 degrees. It it was really hot. And I'm like, (laughs) we're really going to go do Jed in there? And we had never (laughs) met before. To where, to where now you're live on YouTube, uh, yeah, Twitter, know, right? we're on the field. Uh, it's amazing the change you've seen <laughs> in how this team gets covered. Yeah, that uh, that that is a memory that I will never forget because that was uh, that that was a uh, you know a hot box. Let's just put it that way for uh, for no other reason than the temperature. 
Yeah, yeah. You're in a different market now, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thanks yeah. for everything. Thanks. We always appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Right. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from Ricky Henderson Field, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We're getting you ready for the Athletics and the Astros here on the field. Our set, A's Cast Live, when we're at home. A beautiful day at the Coliseum, and you see him now. Boy, have we changed, Dallas Braden, because not only do you hear A's Cast Live streaming but now you can watch it on youtube and twitter no free ads that's uh, outstanding how about that it's outstanding step your game up you continue to step the game up you i you like it keep growing bro it's like you're living on a ladder baby keep climbing keep climbing well think about yourself that's it you went from pitching next thing you know you're on espn you're dealing down at fantasy camp still no one's taking you deep right that's never gonna happen let's be okay, real so no one's taking you deep yeah and i've got uh, i just want to let some folks that might be watching listening and i want to let you know i've got a little something up my sleeve for fantasy camp this season and i don't mean like coming from me i mean for the camp uh, but i'm working hard behind the scenes to really take the meaning of fantasy camp to the next level now that is called a tease so just, just know that. Every day I'm working on it. Every day. So then you're getting on TV behind the plate. Now you're up in the booth. Yeah. Keep growing. I mean, for you, I don't know if you ever really thought you wanted to do this full time because you got a lot going on. I mean, you, I mean, you had other, obviously, business things going. How you liking it? Did you ever think that you would want to do it full time? I First of all, it was never something that was ever really on my radar. And I was given a great opportunity many years ago uh, to go out to ESPN, audition, met a lot of great people, was able to land the job, extension, had a great time there, right? I think what that did was kind of open my eyes to looking at the game and analyzing the game from a different perspective, allowing me to put a GM, GM hat on at times, but really still you know, maintain a closeness with the player perspective of the game and knowing that I'm not so far removed from the game. And because my love and passion and interest for the game, I find myself, you know, I want to say that I'm at the at the brink of what we're doing in a game regarding technology and things of that nature, but I'm, I'm up to speed. And, you know, for, for me, that matters. So having the opportunity to do that was something that I was really excited about. And I didn't even know I was going to be excited about it. So, uh, for me, that's just the game kind of giving back in another way that I never really anticipated it would. And now here I am having the opportunity for uh, a few years to be able to work with Kipe and work with Foss and really learn the game on a different level. You know, I talk about these guys, these big leaguers who have a Ph.D. They have a doctorate, right? And, and that's something that you just you, you, you don't get at 7-Eleven. They're not handing those out. So I got to work with a guy in Ray Fossey who had the Ph.D. on the field and also had the Ph.D. in the booth. 
And to be able to learn from somebody like that who shared a strong love and passion for the game that I do was such a blessing because at times you can come into a place where there's cold shoulders, there's expectations that you're hoping to meet, and there's nobody there that really can serve as a sounding board for you. And that wasn't the case with me and Foss. So just to have that, Townie, and to, you know, unfortunately not have him around any longer, but knowing that I'm a part of, I'm a part of what he was a part of. I'm a part of what he's helped build here. And that 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 means the world to me. Yeah, and, and he's definitely looking down, and he's proud because you guys are carrying on his tradition. Of course, what we have here in the outfield and on the uh, players' jersey, I, I, Foss would be proud. And when you say you know, just not handing this out at at Seven Eleven, so you just can't get that with like Funyuns. Uh, some beef jerky and a big gulp. Sorry, bud. Your flaming hot Cheetos do not come with like two and a half years of service time at third base. It just doesn't work that way. I would love for it to work that way. It doesn't. I've got a lot of friends who, if you listen to them talk, it does work that way because they go down and pick up big league time every time they go to the store. They're like, yeah, I'll just pick up another 150 ABs. I'll pick up another 20 innings and, and let I, you know what you should be doing out here. And a Slim Jim. Right. And, yeah. Right. <laughs> and a Slurpee, please. You know, your time away from the game, each year, now it's a little bit longer since you played. How do you think you've changed, not only just as a person, but now as an analyst? I would say I'm, well, something I was always open to as a player, which I think has helped me, is the advancement of the game and looking for little things that you can do to get better, little things that you can do to separate yourself from the competition within and the competition outward, meaning you're trying to separate yourself when you're amongst the ranks in the minor leagues. How do I scratch and claw? Who do I need to eat today to get to where I need to be? The technology is great for that, not only in in moments as far as assessment, acute assessment, but when you're trying to build as well. So just just being able to being able to do those things like that that matters. That matters. So that's where that's where my brain goes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of that's kind of how I look at it. And and you have always been proud of looking at it a different way. Well, yeah, or in your own unique way. Yeah, because for me, I, I've I've been able to do so many different things in terms of what I was done, what I was doing on the field as a player. You know, I, I I'm I was by no stretch a closer, but I've pitched <laughs> in the ninth inning. You know what I mean? I've quote unquote closed baseball games. I was not a not a closer by any stretch. Let's not let's not get crazy. But I've been the mop up guy. You know, I've been a I, I've been the go get the lefty guy. I've I've been an opening day starter. I've done I've done all of those things. So seeing the game from all of those perspectives is for me an advantage. Uh, last time I checked, you have more complete games than uh, that Jacob DeGrom guy everybody wants to put in the Hall of Fame already. Isn't that, isn't that correct? <laughs> that is true. But he's pretty good, Tony. I That he's doesn't matter. Good. He could end up with more no-hitters than, than anybody's got perfect – or that, not perfect, anybody's got complete games. I'm just saying facts are facts. <laughs> they are. They facts are. Keep are spitting facts. them. Keep spitting them. Um, playing on a bad team. Unfortunately, you know, when you cover all the teams that I have, and it doesn't matter whether it's baseball or all the Raider teams that I covered here on this field, I covered a lot. I've covered great. I've covered bad. When you're on a bad team, people start getting into the I, 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 me, me, me. And it's understandable. I mean, we're, you're paid by your numbers. You're paid on what you do. You're auditioning for the A's and the 29 other teams. It's about your career. 
So how tough is it for someone for like Mark Kotze that the more you start to lose, it's tougher to keep everybody pulling on the same rope? Well, I think what you have to do is make sure you are creating and continuing to mold and remain fluid the rope. And the rope can take on different shapes throughout the season. And that might look different than the rope, excuse me, at at the beginning of spring training. That rope, you've got a ton of, you know, winning aspirations. This is what we want to do, regardless of what the naysayers are saying. We know what we can do, right? You, You understand that whole mindset. Well, that's that rope then. The rope might change and look a little different in July, come the All-Star break. That rope might not feel the same. So understanding that, can you get everybody to continue to pull in the direction of development, the direction of growth? And if everybody understands that they're just trying to get better together and collectively what I think can happen is something we saw happen with the last group of guys that were here. And that's everybody just kind of got better all at the same time together. And then you started winning ball games when people were like, you don't. You're not supposed to be winning ball games. Why are you guys good again? How did this happen? And it's because everybody just kind of kept their head down, kept grinding. And when you look up and you're not listening to the outside noise, you've got a chance to be a hell of a lot better than you were three months ago. And I think that's what we're seeing incrementally in little spots throughout the diamond. We're seeing that happen. That's what I pay attention to. There's a lot to pay attention to this season for the team, for the organization, for me, having the opportunity to watch these guys grind each and every day. I'm looking at guys who put the work in every morning, every afternoon, and then I watch it unfold on the diamond. And that's why I think at the end of it all, regardless of what the win-loss record says, the development is going to be there. And it's going to be because a guy like Mark Kotze makes sure you understand at the end of this thing, did you get better today? That's what we're here to do. Did you get better 1% better than we were yesterday if so I'll see you tomorrow and you know what we're going to do tomorrow we're going to get better so you talk about how the rope changes also what's changing is a lot of different hands touching that rope sure 41 guys have been used by the A so far and we're not even in June yet Mm -hmm. so you're going to have a lot of different faces and at what point do you think there could be starting, and you might have saw this in your time, where there's a little bit of a pivot of older guys, the need for the older guys not so much, and as you just kind of put developing, got to start more developing guys as we maybe get into July and August of the season. Well, that I, I think, you know, again, where you're at competitively has a big impact on that, and where certain guys are at, has an impact on that, meaning if you have young guys that you feel are on the brink of their quote-unquote development and ready to be impactful at this level and just need the opportunity, it might be time to run them up here. And if you feel like they're not necessarily ready to make an impact, but based on where we're at competitively, it'd be time to get some good looks at them, why not, right? Those are conversations that are being had several pay grades above you and I, Townie. So when I, excuse me, when I think about where they're at, what you got to do. You're not worried about who's coming in that door and who's coming out of that door. Again, if your head's down and you're grinding, hopefully you're the one welcoming someone in, or hopefully you're the one who can put an arm around a guy on his way out and say, hey, just keep going. I know that I've been there too. We'll see you here very soon. You'll be here to help. As a as a starter, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know how you're going to go with this, but to me, 
I look at some of these guys. I know I I, I want to say, okay, who do I really want to get a look at? And I pick that guy, and I want – let's just say the guy's name's Dallas Braden. And I want to see Dallas Braden pitch X amount of games – See how he prepares every five games. There might be some games you're hell on wheels. There might be other games you get your brains beat in. But I want to give you that opportunity and to see how you react to the good, the bad, the ugly, how you go about your business every day. And sometimes we're not allowing that. We're saying, oh, we put you out there for two games. You didn't go well. Boom, you're back down. How much do you want to see this organization pick up whoever it is and say, we're going to give you – an ample opportunity to go out and prove something to us. Well, I think what you have to also what you have to understand is getting to know these players is something that everybody has to do. You know, just because you've identified who they are through scouting doesn't mean you really know who they are, meaning what what makes them tick, if you can put them in comfortable positions, how do they respond? How do they respond to turbulence? Those are questions that you can only have answered once you kind of get eyes on or you can feel the pulse of, right? So that's really important. So I, I can understand wanting to get guys up here and sort of say, look, if it's not October or bust and that's not the mindset, is there any value to getting an extended look at some of these guys who we think are going to be around and can help for a while? Is there any value? Sure, there's value to that. But is that the business operation? Is that how you efficiently utilize your resources and is that the best way you're going to get your looks or your assessments again decisions that you and i are not making yeah no doubt about that maybe they should come to us and say hey what do you think i'm open and available (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna see verlander it's almost you know with tommy john surgery coming back being dominant again i heard the He's the Nolan Ryan of our generation. Sure. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. I can see the comparison. Just what he's doing after what he's been through at his age, what does this truly mean for the game? Why would it not be the Nolan Ryan of our generation? Is it because – what is it because? Hell, he might be better. He might be in his own – you know, because – as much as I love Nolan Ryan, my generation loves Nolan Ryan. Oh, uh, I mean, Nolan's my guy. Don't get me wrong. Nolan's my but, guy. We're talking seven no-hitters, 12 one-hitters, 22 two-hitters. Like, the dominance is just otherworldly. You're talking about a guy that's won a World Series. You're talking about a guy that's won an MVP, mm-hmm. Cy Young. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really hate him. Kate Upton's his wife. He's a scratch golfer. There's nothing about him that I like. Verlander could possibly have three more Cy Youngs. Like, yeah. he could. you could argue that he's been hosed out of multiple – Cy Young's. And to do what he's doing at his age after the new injury. Tendon. New tendon, baby. Keep That's rolling. That's amazing. It's incredible. It's great. Just get the club re-gripped and you're ready to fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's phenomenal. Yeah, it doesn't always work that way, but it's working well, that way for him. But that's, an, that's a testament to keeping yourself in a condition that allows you to go out and perform day in, day out, regardless of where the arm is. Right? And – when you can do that, you're giving yourself an opportunity to bounce back from injury quicker than maybe other folks are because rounding third, headed home in your career, maybe you're not so driven to do all of the little things, dietary restrictions, sleep, recovery, 
Like putting the emphasis on all of those things is important every day you get older. So if you're serious about continuing to dominate the way he has, because it's not like he's just back pitching and, oh, this guy's good. It's not like he's just back pitching and, man, what if it was Verlander of old? Wouldn't he be great? Because he's, he's still got some. He's still okay. It's, no, that dude, that's the, same, that's the same dude. That's the same dude. And that's scary. That is frightening. Because you scratch your head, you wonder, how do we get here? Like, isn't this supposed to be tapering off? I mean, maybe he's not finishing ball games with the frequency he was 12 years ago. Damn. Still pretty good. Yeah, he's going straight into the Hall of Fame. I couldn't believe, like, before the injury, people were maybe questioning it, and then there was people who went, well, then after he got injured, has he done enough? You're like, yeah, I think what? this is a slam dunk first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, there, there were people writing these articles. You're like, and, and then now what he's doing, I mean, if he can come back and win a Cy Young again, which right now it's Where's early. He's a lead horse. Come on. I was having this conversation in the elevator. It's a lead horse. He got a, what, 202? Yeah. And that's just because he had one outing where he recently gave up a couple yeah, gave, runs. Yeah, he got touched up. but Not really that bad. It was like four runs. Yeah. I mean, he was so low that four runs can get you up to two, but still like 2.02. It's yeah. amazing. It'll be fine. This team right here, how would you go about pitching them knowing that they can beat you every single way? What's tough is that they have, and I, I was saying this the other day, they have – the combination of discipline and aggression littered throughout their lineup. And that's what I think you really strive to have is guys who can put a really good swing on pitches early in the count and then still have guys that have the discipline and the wherewithal to identify a pitcher who might be struggling, who might not have his best pitch today, and kind of wait him out. And if so, you really start to put a pre- you really start to put pressure on a guy, and now the lineup starts to eliminate pitches. And when you have that combination of the discipline – to get to a point where you are exposing a guy's inability to execute pitches, and then you have the aggression to jump on a guy that has to go to the fastball early because he can't get you with off-speed early, that's a deadly recipe. Deadly. And that's what they're featuring right now because the guy at the very top of the lineup can pop you and hurt you. Guriel, probably the best bad ball hitter in baseball, right now like you you got to throw it behind him to get it in on him (laughs) otherwise it's not going to happen like he could turn on it yeah you know like i got no shot of getting 87 no matter how much confidence i have getting it in there he's gonna have to hit my pitch so these are guys you just have to move the baseball around and you have to try to stay as unpredictable as possible there's really no recipe per se like if you've got and and that's where townie to the opponent technology that's where you really start to dive in and say all right is there anything that i'm featuring based on what it looks like based on the visual for the hitter that i can do that can help me does my fastball play up against these guys do they like to get after the pitch at the top of the zone if so is there something i can do in my mix that allows me to expose that where now i just got to tickle the top i got to step on it gonna have to go get 90 91 dow if you can but if so, the technology tells me that. And that's going to help me formulate a game plan against this behemoth. Yeah. These guys in the Dodgers, man, can't even imagine. You're, pre- you're preparing for teams that just you look. I mean, the Dodgers are looking to do something to be like the all-time great and run differential when you what they're doing per game run differential. Buddy, that's like rowing a, that's like rowing a hoe in a granite quarry. Like, there's you got zero chance. It's so brutal. There's... 
there are, are no there are no breathing holes. You know what I mean? Like you're looking through that lineup. Where do I come up for air? You know, think about the Antarctic. You got a little seal just kind of lonely navigating. Where's the hole in the ice? Where do I pop up? <laughs> Where do I pop up? The only problem is when you pop up, you got a leopard seal looming, uh, <laughs> ready yeah. to just, you know, like, oh, how, uh, come on. This Really? I got nowhere. I got, I got nothing. That's what it feels like. If where we are at the quarter point, and I can tell you about how the A's have the worst home record. I can tell you how the A's are getting drilled at home and run differential. I could tell you all this kind of stuff. You know it. I know it. You could go well in on this. You could go into that clubhouse today, and you could just say something to the group. What would you say? You know, I, I honestly, Townie, I don't know that there's anything that necessarily needs to be said at this point, and that's because I truly believe what I said to you earlier about Mark Kotze and the communication with the group and understanding where we're at right now. Again, if you want to think about wins and losses right now and get caught up in that, I don't know that that's really going to help you focus on what opportunity lies in front of you. And you can speak like that sort of in generalities to virtually everyone in that room, right? Because almost everyone in that room has an opportunity that they've been waiting for, for for a long time, which is to just establish the fact that I'm an everyday big leaguer or I'm here in the big leagues ready to run away with this, ready to really take my game to the next level. And we've seen a lot of guys in that room show that that opportunity is on the tip of their tongue. They, they know it. They can taste it. And that's just that's that's present by the work I'm watching them put in each and every day, the work that gets put in when folks aren't here in the ballpark, the work that gets put in in the tunnel. I can hear it walking in. I can hear it walking out after the ball game. So there's there's a lot to be said for knowing that what this season represents for everyone in that room is really a lot about getting better, establishing a routine, and seeing how that serves you when we look up in September. Well, we've said it on the post game show many of times. It's the year of discovery. That's it. Y O D. It's the era of opportunity. Like, are you, what, who, who's going to take advantage of it? A's got to find out who can help you now. A's got to find out who can help you in the future. The year of discovery. I like it. That's all I got. I like it. Boom. The good great to, Dallas Braden right here on A's Cast Live. We got more coming up as we get you ready for the A's and the Astros. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I've got a question. Is it time to start questioning some of the things that we're hearing, whether it's on on a game, in a talk show, where people will just throw stuff out? And because, you know, it's the the new way of talking baseball that you just take it as gold. 
And you don't really question it. You don't really question how they come up with certain numbers, certain percentages. But it just sounds great when you say, oh, there's exit velocity. Oh, there's barrel rate. Is this. And everybody goes, oh, okay. Because one of the great things ever said on A's Cast Live was from our buddy C.J. Nikowski, who was just here. But he, he said it like, I don't know, it was like three, four years ago. And C.J. said, hey, listen, since, you know, doing his national thing on Sirius XM, he goes, but the, the reality is we all know our own teams better than everybody else does. And why is that? Well, because we watch – Every game. If you're an analyst in a studio, like let's just say at MLB Network, you're sitting in a studio and you've got all these TVs in front of you and you're watching all these games and you're talking to people and you're getting up and you're getting coffee, you're getting water, you're doing this, you're going to the bathroom. You're not sitting there watching every game compared to someone who is covering one team, i.e. the people today, like myself or other people that you're covering the A's, you're covering the Astros, you're going to keep score, you're watching a guy every single at-bat. So you tend to have a, a really a better idea about the team than people that are not here every single day. Captain Obvious, I get it. But the point is, people will start saying, well, this about a player, and you go, what the hell are you talking about? And I keep hearing, and we're rooting like hell for Christian Pache, and I keep hearing about this, how much he barrels it up and his hard hit rate, and I'm going, wait a minute, I'm watching this. I'm keeping score. How can you possibly tell me that this guy, if you watch this on an everyday basis, that this guy is hitting the ball hard, but he's just getting unlucky. And I'm like, I'm not buying it. There's a lot of rollovers, a lot of ground balls, a lot of weak pop-ups. Where are we getting these percentages? So I said to Cody, what exactly... It, what has to happen for a player to have a hard hit rate? Go ahead, lay it on me. It's defined as a ball that's hit with over 95, to, uh, 95 uh, miles per hour with an exit velocity. So essentially, if you hit a pitch 95 miles per hour harder uh, off the bat, that's considered a that's considered hard hit. Um, where I have the numbers for Christian Pache right here on from Baseball Savant Statcast. Um, his his max exit velo this year was 108.6, but his average exit velocity is 90.8. So if you round up, it's 91. Where you want to be, like I said, 95 is where that's you're hitting the ball hard every time. Um, so so let me give you this. He's just above average when it comes to hard hit rate, uh, <laughs> uh, and he's in the 75th percentile. It just shows how bogus that is. You know what he's hitting at home? Uh, no. 123. Okay, that's not good. There was a point this month where he was hitting for the month of May under 100. He got two hits uh, against Texas, I remember, over the weekend. And they were all not hard-hit balls. Like, I remember you asked me about the hard hit. There were two balls that he hit yesterday. They were both ground outs. Now, they had hard – They were the exit velo was very hard off the bat, but they were ground outs. Okay. 
This is why I think we really need, when we hear people, like there was this one ridiculous defensive stat about Pache that everybody, because they saw it in some notes, so everybody started to like, well, you know, he's, what What was it? Outs above average. Oh, everybody started, outs above average. If I went up to anybody and say, how do you get it? How do you explain it? He's how, actually in the 97th percentile. It's great. How, how do you cover it? How do you, like, no one knows. But. That's with catch probability. So yesterday, you can roll over on a ground ball and hit a two-hopper to the shortstop, routine play, easy out. Now, the guy on the mound's throwing 90-something miles an hour. It's a hard baseball. You've got a wood bat. You've got a hard object. You've hit it. It goes into play. Odds are there's going to be some type of velocity of the ball off the bat based on physics. But his easy, routine ground ball to shortstop, that's an easy play every single day of the week somehow gets registered as a hard hit ball and then all of a sudden we have people like broadcasters and talk show hosts and people that will start using these stats or using whatever you want to call it percentage a stat whatever and say oh well you look at his hard hit rate and they're trying to basically say that oh don't technically look at these numbers because his numbers should be better look at his hard hit rate there is nobody who can possibly tell me who have watched him play every single day that he should have better numbers than he has. His expected batting average, according to Baseball Savant, is 259. What's he actually hitting this year? Um, I believe it's one. What is it? 170. So 259 expected, which takes a lot of different factors. Hitting 170 on the season for real. Two home runs, 11 RBI. Now, I would love for him to hit 250. I'd love that. But this whole expected ERA, expected batting average, expected, it means nothing. The best was the Alex Cobb one from a couple weeks ago we were talking about. Well, he has a six-something ERA, but his expected ERA is 170. Yeah, I watched, It was the biggest disparity in baseball. I, I, won, I watched him pitch in a game, and guess what? He gave up some runs that were his fault. Not the defense. Well, it's Alex Pavlovich did an article in The Athletic about it, and that day the article hits about how he has the biggest disparity in expected ERA, and he goes out that night and gives up a ton of runs. Yeah. So it's like – He's the unluckiest pitcher, they were saying. Unluckiest pitcher. It literally – it's getting – I don't want to – I don't know how to want to put this because whenever you talk about this stuff, people get angry and they – but – no other sport has uh, that that I know of has these expected stats. Like if you score ten touchdowns, you're never going to hear on the broadcast someone say, "Yeah, but his expected touchdowns are 17, even though he only has 10." That's more of a fantasy thing. Well, we're now using it in our own broadcasts. People are using these, to, and you're like. No one says Steph Curry had nine three-pointers, but his expected three-pointers tonight was 15. Goal score, birdies made, whatever sport you want to go to. No one says this is what you had, but if I looked at all the track man on on how you play golf, you should have had X amount of birdies. You had, you had three birdies today, but you actually should have had seven based on your track man numbers. What sport does that? What sport? I can look at the intern. Yeah, only one baseball, and it means nothing. What does it mean to say he should he he should be hitting two fifty nine? What? What game of 
I've watched every game. I've watched every at-bat. The games I missed for the Masters, I went back and watched. What has he done that makes you think he should hit 250? Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'll I, gladly accept it. I, I can't answer that question because I, I – Can watch. anybody – is there anybody uh, anybody out there that could answer watching him play this year that he should be hitting 70 points higher than what he is? 70. Right? He's hitting 170, so that's actually 80, almost 90 points higher. 90 points. He should be hitting 90 points. Yeah, he's hitting 170. Yeah. He's hitting 170. You're talking about a guy, as a qualifier, has like the lowest on-base percentage, the lowest batting average. I mean, he's like the lowest of all the hundreds of guys in Major League Baseball. Hundreds. Yeah. And you're saying he should be hitting 90 points higher? Yeah. I I, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I've, I've looked at expected ERA and expected batting average and expected slugging. All Why? Like, what does it mean? For what? But now that I keep hearing it. To pick a guy up for your fantasy team, super cheap, so you think he can help you out later, that doesn't win games here. I think, you know, a little bit after hearing about it, these uh, expected numbers, maybe that's a way to boost the player's confidence who's struggling. I'm not saying that's why they, these stats were created. They were created to – to show the you know how unlucky a player is for sure, but I don't know maybe they use it for a confidence boost. Hey, you're hitting 200, but your expected batting average says you should be hitting 330. If I have to go to expected numbers on a player, do I only do that when a player's numbers are down? You can do it with anyone. Because right now, no one's talking about what Paul Goldschmidt's expected numbers are. I'm gonna pull. Up, I was gonna pull up Mookie Betts, who has 12 home runs and. Like, right now, I don't know if there's a hotter man on the planet than Paul Goldschmidt. Mookie Betts is pretty good. He's hitting three fifty five in May with 12 home runs. Oh, that dude. Have you seen Goldschmidt's numbers? Goldschmidt has the longest active on base streak at 35 games. He's got a 21-game hit streak. In that time, nine bombs, 31 RBIs, OPS. This slash line is 442. 473, 895. So that's his batting average on base and slugging. His slugging is 895. You got a hotter guy than that? I'm not saying hotter, but Mookie's up there. Mookie's doing. You're going to tell me if we compared Mookie Betts the last 21 games, you're going to compare that. I'm just looking at the home runs. But uh, Mookie's expected. Mookie's batting average right now. But my point is, and I can go to Machado. You want it because the Padres and Cardinals, I got Machado stuff. You want to go on. You want to go on Machado stuff? We're not talking about their expected. Why are we not talking about their expected? Because their numbers are good. Because they're doing it? So the only time we're going to talk about it, like, what is the point of talking expected if I'm not playing fantasy baseball? Goldschmidt's hitting 352, as you mentioned, his expected batting average. No, I said he's hitting 442 well, during his hit streak. Overall this year, he's hitting 352, his expected batting average, 278. Maybe is Paul Goldschmidt too lucky? Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Expected batting average, 278. And he's hitting what? 352. Uh-huh. Mookie, Mookie's hitting 304. His expected batting average is 291. So it's only off by like 10 points or so. So guys that are killing it, their expected batting average is lower than it, what it actually is. And guys who stink, their expected batting averages are higher than what they are. Is Correct. that what you're telling me? Correct. I'm going to pull up Manny Machado. And there's people who are actually citing this like it means something? Manny's hitting 353 on the year. His expected batting average is 298. And but we we literally have journalists and broadcasters who are citing this stuff like it matters. 
I, I don't know. To build a point? I don't know. So you're going to have guys who are having great years, they're expected are way lower, and guys who are not having good years, they're expected way higher. Yeah, like his expected slugging, his expected slugging, this is Machado, is 490. His slugging right now is 572. What are you going to tell me? Because he plays in a good, Petco Park's a good hitter's ballpark. Since, since when did that happen? That's what I mean. <laughs> Petco now is the launching yeah, pad? Yeah, apparently. That is unbelievable. But I will say, you know what? I unfortunately just as a baseball fan you can't you can you can you at some point appreciate the Astros? Are we gonna be able to do that? Because I am a baseball fan. I mean I, I, I hate them, obviously, but at some point are you gonna be able to appreciate what they've been able to do? I, I mean they've been in how many ALCSs, how many World Series? Five in a row. Three I mean, worlds three World Series. Um they lose players every year and they somehow find more guys to put out there who are just as good. Who would have thought Jeremy Pena would be – I mean, he's having a great year as a rookie, filling in for you know, replacing Carlos Correa. And as much as you want to crap on Altuve and boo him, right now he's taking pictures with fans behind the uh, behind the batting cage with all kinds of fans, being very generous with his time. Let me tell you something. I've been watching batting, pa- batting practice with fans, uh, having access down here. A lot of players will never even go over there. And, and talk to the fans. Jose Altuve is over there right now taking selfies. Yeah, he's, I mean. You don't see that a lot. Tells you a lot. He's also having a, he's still a solid leadoff hitter for the Astros. I know his average isn't there, but he's still a solid player. But what's his expected batting average? Oh, let's, one more before we go. What's his expected? What's he expected to do? I want to know what's expected touchdown passes and touchdowns guys are supposed to have. Uh, who, who do you want to look up? Do you want to look up Joe Burrow or Tom Brady? Tom, what's Tom Brady supposed to? You know, I know what he has in his career. What is he supposed to have for his career? Mookie City or Mookie? Jose Altuve sitting two eighty six this year. His expected batting average is supposed to be two ninety seven. The um, yeah, he's unlucky. The uh, he's in the ball right at guys. I didn't realize that the biggest run differential per game is in jeopardy to be broken this year. Yeah. What team what team holds that record? It's the nineteen is it O is it O or in the tens? Nineteen oh two Pirates. Pittsburgh Pirates. We got the Pirates got something still. Did not know I have no clue who was on the nineteen but Honus Wagner. Was he on that team? That's the only guy I could think of. Was he did nineteen he's that old I Wagner played that early? So it's it's run differential per game. And the 1902 Pirates, who was on MLB yeah. Now today, is the greatest ever. The Dodgers. His first year was 1900. Could break that record. Yeah. 1900 was yeah. his first He's, year. They've already have a, their, their run difference. Was good already, little player, Honus Wagner. Their run difference was over 100 already this year. But they can't beat the Pirates. That's all that matters. With their minus 83 run differential, the worst in the sport. Well, run differential, according to Billy Bean, matters. Well, the Scott Service manager of the Mariners. It's a fun, fun differential. The fun differential. How how is that fun differential doing? Yeah, they're not very good. They're what seven games under right now. Not as bad as the Phillies. Panic, panic in Philadelphia. Tired of time to fire Joe Girardi. I, but I, I was told it was Gabe Kapler's fault. Kapler's the reason why they can't win. Uh, but well, we got we got to get going. You got pregame in like ten minutes. I just want to throw this out here. A A's got to get their fun differential going. They're minus forty four. Yeah, it's not good. It's even worse at home. Yeah, home's been tough. 
But you know what's not tough? Doing this show from here is not tough. We want to thank our buddy Jeff Blum. We want to thank Jed Lowry, and we want to thank Dallas Braden for coming on A's Cast Live. You get the day off tomorrow. Uh, well, no, I'll be working, so I just won't be here. Yeah, he's going to be in his apartment hanging out. That's like a day. That's not a day off. And then there's an actual day off on Thursday where you guys will get to go golfing, and I actually have to work. That's right. If you're listening, Ken Korak, <laughs> you're listening, Vince Catronio. I heard you're going golfing with Jensen soon. You're, you're listening, Shooty Babbitt. You boys better be ready to go on Thursday. I'm just letting you uh, – the shots are fired now. The law firm of Korak, Catronio, and Babbitt, you better all be ready on Thursday because I'm coming for you guys. No excuses. No excuse. You've been traveling. I don't. No one wants to. You ready? You five thirty. I can just do pregame from right here. Okay. Well, we can't be on the field that whole time. So you buy anything, they'll they'll kick us off. Yeah. You might what have... do we got for A's total access? Brought to you by Chevron. Jed Lowry is going to be your guest from our show today. And then who do we have tomorrow? Probably Dallas and Jeff Blum. Oh, I love it. Thank you, listening and watching A's Cast Live. We'll see everybody on Friday at four o'clock as we'll get you ready for the Athletics and the Red Sox. We'll be back in 10 minutes with A's Total Access. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.